Welcome back to the Real Quick with Mike Swick podcast. Today we have Gagard Musasi on the show, uh, a man that I look up to a lot, a big fan of, a man who's fought a who's who's list of fighters, multiple world champions. I think he's a six-time world champion himself. Uh, he's fighting in Bellator. He just recently beat Douglas Lima for the middleweight championship. Um, he's been a he's been a fighter at middleweight. He's been a fighter at light heavyweight. He's been a fighter at heavyweight. The guy's done it all. Super fascinating, but I don't know a lot about him other than the fact that he just fights a lot, has had a lot of fights and wins. Um, so this is a really cool podcast for me, and I'm very excited about it to finally have him on the show. So uh, without further ado, let's talk to Gagard. Gagard, welcome to the show, buddy. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's an honor to have you on the show. Um, it, it's amazing we haven't talked a lot. Uh, if, if that oh. much at all. I know I've, I've, I've seen you around, but I haven't really had a good conversation with you, man, and I've really looked up to you for a long time. Thank you, brother. Thank you. I've, I've, been, uh, I've been in the fight game for a long time. So <laughs> Yeah. 2003, right? You, you started out pretty much turning pro around that, around that time? Yeah, yeah. I, the first fight, no experience on the ground or anything. I just uh, boxing. Uh, I went in it. Uh, there were 30 second ground rules, and then they would stood you up. They would stood you up again, and uh, I knocked the guy three times down, and uh, I won. That's how I started. Yeah. When you say you've been in the game a long time, and it was like 2003, and that's like when I got in the UFC, that makes me feel really old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had a picture uh, with Edmund uh, Shabazian. Uh, he was so tall. He was, uh, and now he's fighting in UFC. He's 20, 21 years old. Now yeah. I feel old also, you know. I, I'm, I'm at the end of my game, you know. Uh, that was beginning and now I'm at my end. It happens, end of my career. It happens so fast. It happens so yeah. fast, man. Like, but but the big difference in our careers, man. You you've had such a huge career fighting so many people. You've beat something like what eleven world champions or something. Yeah, I never count. I never counted uh, how many uh, champions I fought. But the, that could be right, you know. Uh, just crazy. by Mashida, Rory, uh, Chris Weidman, uh, Jacare. You know, there were Strike Force, Bellator, UFC ex champions. So. Yeah, so many. And then you're champion. You've, you've, you've been like a six-time world champion yourself. So, I mean, that, that obviously was championship fights as well. Um, incredible, man. It's it, completely incredible. Um, but going back, so you're from the Netherlands. Are you there right now? Yeah, yeah. I'm in Holland. Uh, I uh, always fought, fought out of Holland. Uh, never moved or do any training camps outside of Holland. I always stayed uh, in, uh, in my roots. Uh, it took a long time before I got the team that I got now, but... Uh, um, it, I had to build it up, and then right. uh, now good guys from all all over the country come to my gym to train. You know, we have uh, Peter, we have uh, Rainier. Uh, you know, you have those guys that uh, all come come to my gym and we help each other out. And, and I want to get back to that for sure, but I definitely want to yeah. congratulate you on your recent victory over Douglas Lima. Great Thank fight, awesome fight from the beginning to the end, man. Is a fantastic fight uh, against a very, very tough opponent. I think he's, you know, I think he's one of the most underrated welterweights in in the world because he's so good. But you know, he hasn't got the attention of a lot of the other welterweights, like in the UFC and other places. Um, and and you just dominated him. Yeah, well, you know, I, he looked big. Uh, he looked yeah. big. He was the same size as me. For sure, I, he was. To be honest, I looked a little bit chubby, also. My weight cut wasn't that great in that fight uh, because of the quarantine. I wasn't be able to train as much as I wanted, so I trained less. I was a little bit uh, chubbier. I had a difficult weight cut. Uh, looking back at the tape, I saw I wasn't ripped as I should have been. Uh, but it, it was a big welterweight. It was a big welterweight, so I don't feel like I beat a welterweight. I no, feel like I, I beat a true big middleweight. So, Absolutely. Uh, maybe I got three, four pounds over him. You know, three, four pounds is not uh, decisive uh, to, to say, well, I had the advantage, you know. It didn't even look like that, and I didn't mean it in that way. I just meant he's so yeah. has been so dominant yeah, in that division. Yeah. You know, obviously, when you go up in weight, you've went up in weight to heavyweight. So, I mean, when you get to a certain weight class, you're that fighter. That's who you are. You, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't matter what you fought at before. I fought Joe Riggs, who fought in heavyweight all the way to welterweight. You know, yeah. it's like it, these guys fluctuate. Yeah. Rumble Johnson, it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily mean – uh, he can only fight in one weight. And, and the way you yeah. fought him and the way he fights and the way you fight, 
weight doesn't matter so much if if, if i'm well, correct in saying that it's a, a striking battle weight is almost sometimes a disadvantage depending on when you take into account speed and and you know reflexes and movement and footwork and things like that yeah, yeah. i think he's a guy who is in his prime you know absolutely uh, and that's another losses, thing uh, recent losses he avenged them uh he was in his prime he won the tournament he beat some really good names uh so that was a guy in his prime with a lot of confidence. Uh, so it meant a lot to beat him, you know. But uh, could have done better? Yeah. Uh, should have gone more for the wrestling uh, because I was successful taking him down. But um, my corner was saying, don't take him down, you know. So uh, things like that. But uh, I think I still feel like he, he, he knows he could have done better, you know. Um, so... Yeah, but, uh, you know, beating a guy like that, uh, I think he's underestimated uh, as a welterweight. Uh, I think he's going to be champion for a long time also. So uh, it felt good. It felt good to have a win over him. And then, uh, But uh, the next fight, I have to go, you know, be more aggressive and finish the guy, you know. Uh, as a fighter, you want to be able to finish the guys. I, you know, it, it, it's, it's uh, how you say, that's, if you finish guys, your next opponent... You also beat in your next opponent. You right. know what I mean? Yep, I, I get Let's you. Let's say if you if you finishing guys, your next opponent is impressed. Your yeah. next opponent will be have better. Uh, it will give you more respect. So uh, I think, and you want to be the dominant champion. You know, so that's my goal for the next fight, actually. Yeah, I think with your resume that you're going to have respect no matter who you fight. Um, <laughs> looking back at that fight, though, just really fast, um, one thing I noticed you do so well, not only in that fight and other fights, though, you you really utilize your feints. And I think that that's underestimated in the sport. I think you can really throw people off by, by using those feints, be it kicks or be it uh, shrugging your shoulders for a punch or whatever. It, it really took yeah. him off his game, I think, and it had him backing up, especially in that first couple rounds for pretty much the entire – almost the entire fight he was backing up. But a lot of it was because yeah. of you feinting more than even the striking because he just didn't know what was going to come at him at any given time. Yeah, I, I, I had the first round. I took him down. I think the first round – I gained the respect, you know. I, yeah. I did some really good ground and pound. I, I hit him with a couple of good elbows. And then his face expression didn't change at all. And then he didn't get cut. He has the skin of a crocodile, yeah. you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I felt from the first round, I thought, okay, this guy is here to stay. Yeah. This is not a guy I'm going to put away just like that. So I, I hit him a couple of times well. I think that... Uh, that set the mentality of the fight, how it would go pr uh, to the next couple rounds. So round two, three, four, he didn't really uh, went for it. You know what I right. mean? And I was satisfied just winning the round. So yeah. uh, I think the first round was very important. Uh, uh, you know, because I was successful in the stand-up, I, I didn't really go for the takedowns which I should have because from the eight takedowns, I got four. So yeah. I could have done better, you know, and uh, there was no real danger for me uh, for guillotines or uh, getting caught coming inside because I was fainting and it was near the cage. So uh, I should have been more relentless uh, in that. Uh, you know, as a fighter, you want to, you're a perfectionist. You want to do well, you know. Absolutely. I, those are things that I thought that I did wrong. And... Um, yeah, that, you know, next time better. <laughs> when, you're, when you're a good fighter, you're a perfectionist, and I think that's why you are a perfectionist. There's a lot of fighters, I think, that aren't, Very and that's correct. why they're not as good. But you critiquing yeah. yourself as harsh as you are about a fight like that against an opponent like that shows you that you are a very, very, very much perfectionist. Um, that being said, when you signed to fight Douglas Lima and you looked at his uh, credentials and you knew, obviously, who he was and what dangers he brought in, was there anything that shocked you in that fight or was there anything that happened that you didn't expect or did it pretty much play out how you kind of envisioned and trained for? Uh, well, I knew he would be, be backing up. Uh, one thing I underestimated him is his low kicks. Yeah, they, because <laughs> in training, no one can hit me with those. low kicks. Yeah, but but I, you know, I didn't study his tape because uh, because I trained with the guy. I saw previous fights. I knew uh, there was no surprises in his game. He's very basic, but everything he does, he does hard and he does it well. He's patient. He's not like a guy who puts puts the pace. He doesn't do spinning back kicks, all those crazy stuff. So I didn't watch a lot of tapes. 
I don't know. This fight, I wasn't. Uh, I could have done better. I could have been more better prepared. But uh, I didn't watch him because I didn't want to give him too much respect. Sometimes you do that. Sometimes you watch some tapes. You give the guy too much respect. So I felt like, okay, I know exactly what he does. Don't want to watch too much fights. I saw maybe or two. But I didn't know he was kicking my calves, you know? Yeah. I was thinking he'd just give low kicks. And I was like, <laughs> no one hits me with low kicks, you know? Yeah. And then in the fight, he gave me those kicks to my uh, calves. Yeah. And yeah, that hurt us like a motherfucker. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's like, the new oh, thing. too late. You know, I, I should have... Uh, I should have studied him more, let's say, yeah. That's a new thing. I had to talk with Henry Cejudo about that. I had to talk with uh, Cheeto Vera when he fought uh, Sugar about that because these low, these low, these low uh, calf kicks are where it's at now. Yeah. You know, there's some nerves in there and stuff like that. And you're a hard guy to kick in the legs because you do a lot of checking and you have great movement. Yeah. And then he started getting a few in there. And, of course, you did a great job of not showing, trying not to show that it was damaging and, and it was affecting yeah. you. But I think even the commentary at one point was saying that, that you know, there's, there's going to be some ice coming up to your room later on that night and and i i was even thinking like man i wonder how much that's adding up and it's funny you said that because obviously it was you were just doing a very good coy job of not showing it but but you handled it so well i mean you fought that fight in my opinion very very professionally and very very smart um and you beat him strategically exactly how you should have i i give you an a on that one yeah, thank you, brother uh, yeah uh, after i went to the press conference i sat down i had difficulties to getting up you know, and yeah. the last round, he kicked me two times. I was, I think maybe one or two, I would have been limping, but I wasn't be able, I wasn't mobile anymore. But yeah. I thought, okay, if I show him, he's going to kick me more. So I was like, <laughs> yeah, you, you never have to show your opponent that you hurt. But right. yeah, that guy hits hard, uh, kicks hard. Uh, maybe something that I have to also do, you know. But usually when you do the right low kick, you're, vulnerable to takedowns you know a guy go, go can go for your leg you're out of balance uh that was one mistake that like i said i should have gone more for the takedowns he would have kicked a lot less you know yeah how do you stay so chill like you you seem like for someone who's fought so many tough opponents so many dangerous opponents and won so many big fights uh had so much on the line so many times uh, was in there in, in such aggressive fights and aggressive techniques and movements and, and, and scenarios. How do you maintain your chillness before the fight, actually during the fight when you're when unleashing this carnage, and then after the fight when you're pronounced a winner? And, and when, like, like what's going through yeah. your head? Because usually so much emotion comes out with people, you know, be it good or bad or whatever. You seem very, very level. Well, I don't know. I never felt going into cage, and I wasn't. I, I, I've never been scared. You know what I mean? I never thought, oh, this guy. You know, uh, I had those fights when I had to fight Mark Hunt, but yeah. that was more in the beginning. Uh, I was. I had some sleepless nights. Uh, also with <laughs> Melvin Manhoof, I challenged the guy because no one was giving me any credit in Holland, so I was yeah. upcoming. Uh, but he was knocking out everybody back yeah. then in the in, in his prime. And Mark Hunt, especially the big guy, I was like, what the fuck? If I don't take these guys down, they're going <laughs> to knock my head off. Uh, so I had sleepless night. But, uh, you know, I faced so many fighters, stand-up, uh, big strikers, uh, heavy strikers, you know, all, all kinds of fighters. So eventually I dealt with them. Never really got hurt. Only fight that I got stopped with was Uriah Hall. And then... Uh, you know, that was also something I wasn't really out. You know, I, I, uh, the, the ref stopped it. I just got right back up. I was hurt, uh, you know, but I wasn't gone, you know. Yeah. But I always knew I had a good chin. Uh, I'm difficult to hit. I think throughout the years, you build confidence. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Uh, it's also a little bit character. Yeah. Uh, you know, I never went in the cage and being scared in the cage. In the cage, I was also always thinking, okay, it's fight time. Uh, but before, of course, uh, nerves, uh, you have to perform. Uh, sometimes you're fighting a fighter like, oh, shit, this guy can hurt me. Uh, always, you have those thoughts. But after a while, you know, you've done it so many times. It just, uh, yeah, you know, also, uh, if you have too many fights, it's it's you, get, you fight a little bit more careful, yeah. you know. When you have injuries in a fight, when you're younger, you don't think about it, you know, uh, because... Yeah, you go through it, but after a while, you have maybe 50, 60 fights. One time you break, you break your orbital, you, one time you break your nose, uh, you have bad experience where you're dead tired, you, uh, they rush you to the hospital, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So those experiences uh, make you a different fighter sometimes.
Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. 100%. So uh, you, you fight a little bit more different, younger, you're more aggressive. But I think experience overall and just character, you know, it's just, of course, I worry sometimes before fights, you know, I have to perform pressure, you know, uh, injuries sometimes, uh, personal things that you have to deal with. Absolutely. But uh, end of the day, once the cage closed, everything is out of, you know, it's, it's fight time. Yeah, I always say that to people. Like, that's the one thing that the fans and the followers don't ever understand fully because it never gets brought up and it never gets talked about. But these guys that have either big win streaks or a lot of fights like yourself, you know, in the 50s or whatever, um, you don't show up 100% to those fights. Like, you don't show up even yeah. – it's very rare to show up 100% to any fight, to be honest with you. And then more yeah. or less when you have 50 fights, you're going to show up at like 50%, at 40%, at 60%. And, and that's where that credit is given, as far as I, I'm concerned, to you guys that have all those fights and that have win streaks and that go out there because you're having to fight in uh, situations where, you know, you might have relationship problems, you might have family problems, yeah. you might have stress problems, financial problems, you might have yeah. – Pressure from your team, you know, friends. There's so many things that you've, you've, I know, had to go through without even yeah. asking you and without you even telling me for many of those yeah. fights. And for you to continue to do it and pull them off, much respect, you know. And I think that's something that, that kind of goes under the radar to the fans, and they don't, they don't kind of uh, get to see that side. Yeah, I think you know, uh, maybe you beat the guy nine out of ten times, you know, but on that day he beats you. Yep. You know what I mean? Also, the best fighter doesn't always win. Absolutely. Uh, sometimes. You go into a fight emotionally, you know, like uh, thinking uh, you had a bad performance or your career is on the line. Maybe you're going to get cut and then you're, you think, oh, I must win this. You fight more aggressive and then uh, it doesn't pay off. Sometimes, you know, it works. Sometimes you're aggressive, it pays off. Uh, you have a bad weight cut. Uh, I, on the fight day, you're actually not at your best. You know, you have the day before, you're cutting so much weight, uh, you have injuries throughout the whole uh, training camp. So, actually, a lot of times, fighters are not at their best when they perform. You know, uh, I think any other given day, they would have done better, you know. But uh, it's the thing is, you have to perform on that certain date that you got against that kind of uh, that opponent, you know. But uh, like I said, the best guy doesn't always win. You might beat the guy yeah. nine out of ten times, but on that day, he beat you. You know, maybe you're too emotional, you had a bad weight cut, whatever, you know. So that's the fight game, you know. It's, uh, I, I had those fights. I had those fights when I thought, uh, I could have beat this guy. Just maybe too long of a training camp or uh, fighting too emotional. And I thought I, could, I should have never lost to that guy, you know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, things happen, you know. Uh, I could have done better. Uh, <laughs> I was... Uh, I fucked up a couple of times, but I'm learning. I'm still learning, you know, even after all these years. Um, I had to learn it a little more by myself. You know what I mean? Some guys have good coaches from the beginning and they teach them, you know. With me, it was more I had to rebuild my team. I had to experience everything. I had to lose and uh, uh, get back on the winning string. So for me, it was a longer road and more... Um, I, more, I think a couple losses I didn't have to take, you know. Yeah. Uh, so I could have done better. That's how I feel. If I have to say I regret, I regret something, is like uh, maybe in some fights that I lost or uh, didn't do well, I could have done better, you know. Yeah, and it sucks because you can't say anything. You got to just take, you know, suck it up and go on. You know, the first first time you complain after a loss, you know, then all of a sudden you're, you're the bad guy, even yeah. though it might be yeah. legit. Yeah. But fortunately for you, you know, you've been able to have a couple rematches and, and that go very well. I think Uriah is one of them, Uriah Hall. And uh, I think that was one that, that you probably really wanted to get back. And uh, you did so in yeah. very, <laughs> very dominant fashion. That was like a fight that... Uh... Uh, Joe Silva was uh, because I had the one fight cost of Filippo. I fought him. I, I went to decision. Uh, I won every round easy. I took him down, controlled him, and then uh, Joe Silva complained that I should have have finished him. You know, and uh, that he wasn't on my level, and that they were not happy. Something like that. I heard from my manager. So the next fight it was against Uriah Hall, and then I thought, okay, I'm gonna show. <laughs> <laughs> that I can beat them easily. I was so aggressive. I went forward, took him down, controlled, uh, hurt him in the first round. Second round, I thought, okay, let's go. We got to kick his ass. I go. He does a spinning back kick. 
he admitted himself. He was trying to kick my uh, uh, stomach, you know. But I was so aggressive going forward that I, because of my reaction, I ducked. Yeah. When I ducked, he got me on my face. So uh, that's the case, like I said, too aggressive, you know. Yeah. I felt like uh, fighting emotionally because of things of outside, uh, because they said, well, you, you could have performed better, you know what I mean? So it got it got to me, you know. I felt like, okay, I can uh, I can fight aggressive, I can, you know. So that didn't pay off. Yeah. <laughs> I was too aggressive. Yeah. It didn't pay off. Second time, I was more controlled. I thought, okay, I'm going to take my time. I know uh, I'm not going to do anything crazy. And I was able to beat him, you know. So, yeah. like I said, things that come from outside, you know, uh, like it's not even if you're the better fighter or not but just they affect you so much those little stuff that can build up to a big big thing you know yeah and for those that don't know joe silva being the match former matchmaker of the ufc and you know that, that's his job to put the fights together and then to also make yeah. sure <laughs> to entice you guys yeah make the life of fighters a little bit harder so all me as well he was the matchmaker for me too to entice us to get out there and make good fights and so he, he was yeah. definitely good at doing that be it good or bad <laughs> Uh, for those of you yeah. didn't know, but but going back to the whole like showing up and 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 stuff getting in the way and things, how is this with no audience and the COVID, the protocols? Now, now I know from the UFC because I have a lot of UFC fighters on here and how they're handling it. How is it with Bellator? Like like what what were the protocols for you guys and how did that affect you in your fight differently? Since you've had so many fights, you I think you can give a good uh, testament to how this was so different. Oh well, well I got tested before I flew. Uh, I came there. Uh, I went in quarantine next day i got tested i was in quarantine still a day and then uh, i tested negative of course and then uh, i would be able to stay in the hotel we were not allowed to go outside the anything you wanted to order you had to order with an app uh, so uh, uh, restaurants were closed you order food you go to your room even the clean, cleaning ladies wouldn't come into your room so the whole week you would uh, have to clean up your own bed um the word protocol, I think it was very professionally done. Weight, weighing, uh, you make weight, uh, you do the uh, corona test. Two, 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 per, two person tested positive, you know. Yeah. So in that week, they tested positive, they got cancer. But I, don't, I read something that they didn't have any symptoms. So uh, that sucks. Five week, you come, you show up, you training camp, and then you have your weight cut. And then it's final day, you have to fight and get paid your fight get canceled so uh obviously it sucks but um i got lucky i got lucky i was still happy that i fought uh fighting with no audience uh didn't really matter but maybe uh, maybe i think if there would have been audience there would be more the pace would have been gone up after. yeah a little bit more i, I feel like that because uh, uh once the fans are booing sometimes you're like okay Let's go, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, stuff like that. Uh, so, but for me, it didn't matter because at the end of the day, cage close. Sometimes you fight uh, in your opponent's country. They boo. Sometimes uh, the fans are for you. For me, it never made a difference if the fans were for me or against me or you don't have an audience now. At the end of the day, it's just fighting. You know, you, you, you fight every day in the gym. Now you fight in the cage. And the, mm -hmm. Around it, it never distracted me. So uh, I was okay with fighting with no audience, you know. I was just happy that I fought. After one year layoff, you know, I'm not getting younger. So I was just happy that I fought. Cool. Well, all your fights, I mean, everyone can look up and, and see all the stats. I know you've answered so many questions about your fighting career and stuff. And I like to talk more in depth about the person, my guest, and especially when I'm fans of, of my guests, I, I like to know a little bit more about their lives and about kind of where they came from. And if you don't mind, I'd love to know about how it was for you growing up in the Netherlands and kind of like as a child, what was your life like? What did you do growing up? And then what got you into fighting in the first place or in martial arts, I guess? Well, I, I did some judo when I was eight. Uh, growing up, um, normal, typical, uh, good, uh, you know, nothing uh, complaining uh, to complain. Yeah, we didn't have a lot of money. Uh, girls didn't like me. Girls didn't like <laughs> so, uh, That changed think, now. Uh, huh? That gave me some motivation to uh, to want to be somebody. You know what I right, mean? Right. Um, so I started, uh, you know, I, I, I saw boxing. I thought, well, these guys... They're champions, they're respected, they have money, you know. That's how I felt as a kid, you know. I thought if I can beat anybody, then 
people will respect me. They, you know. <laughs> and then uh, that's how I started with boxing, and then uh, gradually went to kickboxing, MMA because my brother was doing MMA. Uh, typical, uh, you know, nothing special. I went to school. My brother, uh, if my brother would go fishing. I would go fishing. My brother was doing uh, fitness. I was doing fitness. I had a good childhood, you know. Nothing special, nothing, uh, you know. It was okay. It wasn't the best, but it was not bad, you know. Yeah, I think I think girls that were a big influence on a lot of fighters becoming fighters. <laughs> I, I watched the Karate yeah. Kid, and, and, and I wanted to be like Ralph Macchio and beat up the bad guy and get the girl. So I was like full on, like from that point on. Yeah, especially puberty, you know. Yeah. When, you're, when you're a little horny about puberty, uh, you know, that makes a lot of difference. Because there's a lot of guys that, uh, you know, that talent, you know. But once they, uh, when they uh, when they party at a young age, uh, they uh, they hang out with girls and stuff, and then maybe the career they never get to where they have to go. You know yep. what I mean? Absolutely. But some people when they don't have anything, I mean, let's say you you live in Dagestan, there's not much to do for those Russians. There's, you know, there's no partying there. There's no uh, there's no uh, girls there. Yeah. So yeah, it's easier to concentrate on fighting. You know what I mean? So. I think environment makes a lot, uh, has a lot to do. Uh, you see a lot of good boxers coming from the ghetto. You know what I mean? Uh, you don't, you know, how many times have you seen a world champion that's, that the parents were millionaires? Right. Almost never. You know, it, it depends on uh, personality, of course, 100% uh, what kind of person you are and also in what kind of environment you grow up, you know, mm. uh, what kind of character, uh, what kind of experience you have. To, to get far in fighting, you know, or whatever, in soccer or whatever kind of sport you are, you know. Usually you have to have that uh, fire in you, you know. And uh, usually you have that when you when life is not that good to you. You have that extra, extra will to do better, you know what I mean? Uh, because let's say if I have kids now, my kids are not going to be fighters. They will never be good fighters because they will have a comfortable life. They will have a good life, an easy life. They're, they live in Holland. It's free, free, free. Uh, you have freedom. You have health. You have anything you want. Why would they go fight somebody in the cage to break bones, to blood, sweat, injuries? For what? They wouldn't. They, they wouldn't have that mentality. You know. Yeah. Those are things that makes you as a person. Yeah. Or a fighter, or a soccer player, whatever. Yeah, no, I agree with you fully. I have a fighter named Manel Cap. I just sent him to San Jose. He was uh, same thing. He grew up poor and and couldn't afford a lot of things, and 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 he always wanted the nice shoes and this and the other, you know. Yeah. And his family would be like, "You, you guys, you and your brothers want shoes. You, one of you can have a pair, or you got to split them, or whatever." And you yeah. know, now we brought him up to fight in Ryzen. He became the Ryzen champion. He started making a oh, bunch nice. of money, and now he's like Gucci, Louis Vuitton. He's like the whole Conor McGregor <laughs> thing. Now he just got yeah. signed with the UFC. He's about to have his first fight in the UFC, fighting a top five fighter coming up here in uh, a couple months, or actually a month. Um, so, yeah, yeah, the same thing. The fire that drove yeah. him was wanting to be able to have nice things because he didn't have those as a kid. All right, guys, I'm going to thank our sponsors really fast. Our first being Manscaped, the official trimmer of the UFC, and now the official trimmer of the Real Quick with Mike Swick podcast. Precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped is the best below-the-waist men's trimmer on the market. The products are amazing. Trust me. And now you can save 20% by entering code QUICK at checkout at manscaped.com, M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com. And it'll show support to the podcast. You'll get the best groomer on the market. And it's a win-win for everyone. And as always, the Real Quick with Mike Swick podcast is brought to you by AK Thailand, the world's premier luxury training resort here in Phuket, Thailand. We are still offering the 30% discount. Go to akthailand.com to find out all the information about the gym. Or you can email info at akthailand.com. And we will answer all your questions, and we'll literally do it within probably a couple hours. Uh, we're very good on customer service. That's a big, big thing for us. We're five-star rated, one of the highest-rated destination gyms in the world, and that is because of that customer service. So info at akthailand.com or akthailand.com for the website. And if you're still not uh, familiar with the gym, here's our commercial. What's up, everybody? I am here in Thailand. This is the first time I've ever been here. Been dying to come here for years. Mike Swick, he's one of the big reasons he's been trying to pull me down here. What he built down here, AKA Thailand, is incredible. There's people here from all over the world. 
can train mixed martial arts here, jujitsu, they have weightlifting, they have cardio, and obviously they have Muay Thai, boxing, everything. telling you guys, I know everybody wants to go to Thailand because Thailand's so cool, but you can't come to Thailand without coming to AKA Thailand. Come on. Going back really fast at your childhood, you were a champion boxer though at 16. Did, was it a natural for you? Yeah, there's a regional and then uh, I think I was one time a uh, Dutch champion, but regional, you know, a uh, regional and then a uh, Dutch champion. I was one time, uh, I was doing well in boxing, you know, but there's no great coaches, you know, to, uh, and uh, there were no real amateur fights uh, back then when you had Germany in the Bundesliga, you had, uh, you had uh, a lot of fighters, but Boxing, uh, boxing is dying a little bit in Holland. There's not a lot of fighters. Uh, you have some good still champions, world champion, amateur boxer, but it's not that big. So uh, for me, I always wanted to make it. Uh, then uh, my brother was uh, starting to rent uh, videotapes. Yeah. Uh, from uh, Igor von Fenchen, he was fighting those tournaments. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> with giants in uh, Russia somewhere or. Uh, he was fighting a guy 500 pounds or whatever, you know, and we would watch that. Then, you know, that's how we thought, oh, MMA, uh, let's, uh, you know, cage fighting or whatever. <laughs> it, uh, it, yeah, it, we we were interested in it. Let's say. Other than those videos, what what flipped the switch for you? Like, what what was it that flipped the switch where you're like, okay. I'm going to be a fighter and this is this is going to be my career. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to make a living and, and, and actually make uh, money off of this. Well, I, when I was 15, I did boxing and then I always wanted it. I never knew I, if I could have, uh, but I was determined, you know what I mean? Uh, there were guys that were more talented than me, uh, but they, like I said, they went partying or whatever. Yeah. They all stopped. For me, even though I didn't have good trainers, I was like, I have good trainers, but they're not really involved, let's say. Uh, but I would go five rounds on the back. I would go five rounds of shadow box. I would go three rounds. Uh, against the speed ball, you know, I, I wanted it. You know, yeah. you have to have the will to, uh, even if you don't have the greatest facilities or uh, you have the greatest uh, uh, people around you. If you have the will, you will get it. You know, right. you will get there. And, uh, that's how I started. I, I think. Uh, mm, I say, and you have to have luck. You know, luck, some talent. You know, it's not like a, uh, but. Uh, that's how, that's how I started. You know? <laughs> Do you agree though? Like it seems like even with business now for me, because I'm I'm like a businessman, and and then I went through fighting, and it seems to be the same. But do you agree that like the more you train hard, the more you push, the more you take steps forward, the more risk you take? It doesn't it seem like there's more luck that comes with that. It just seems like you do get luckier a little bit more than these yeah. guys that just sit around and hope, you know, for things to happen. I mean, the luck kind of follows the people with momentum. I think. Yeah, you have to create luck. But also, uh, me saying, well, I was born for this. Well, listen, I, my parents moved to Holland when I was eight. Yeah. If my parents would have never moved to Holland, I would never got uh, involved in sports. You know what I mean? Right. My right. life would have been totally different. Uh, maybe the greatest boxer ever has never touched the glove. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just because of circumstance. Maybe uh, someone gets He's a teenager and I get two, three kids and he has to work, you know, uh, but he could have been the greatest fighter of all time. But that's that's luck. You know what I mean? Uh, that's luck. Uh, it's luck when you are surrounded with good people. It's uh, it's not always luck. You have to create stuff. But I mean, um, you have to have the right people. You have to have the right circumstances, you know, uh, uh, where you live, uh, who your parents are, uh, you know. Those things matter, you know. Absolutely. So uh, luck in that, uh, yeah, luck in injuries, maybe, you know. Uh, some people are very talented, but they get injured very fast, you know what I mean? So the career maybe never takes takes off. So there's things that you can have, that you can have influence over, and a lot of things that is out of your, you know, it's not even in your control, you know. You just, it was just born in it, and you know, that's it. 
Yeah. And then going back to you, when you were talking about setting your kids up and, and, and hoping that they don't have to fight because they can have nice lives and stuff. It, I heard that you uh, invest a lot. Like, so some of your fight purses and stuff, you, you buy properties and you buy land, you buy things like that in the Netherlands. Is this true? Yeah, yeah. I got uh, some. When there was crisis in 2008, we bought a lot of buildings. Oh, cool. When no one was buying, we were buying. Yeah. Because uh, it felt for us as a good uh, investment because I would be able to fight. Before I was security, I was a bouncer with my brother, yep. and I would fight. Because in the weekends, I could work, and then the rest of the week, I could train. Yeah. It was easy to combine, you know? So uh, we thought about uh, getting a restaurant or whatever, but that's a lot of work. When you're yeah, fighting, yeah. you're uh, fully <laughs> professional. You don't have time for those stuff. Yeah. So we thought buildings was good because uh, you can rent it. There's not a lot of headache. At least uh, you can do it on the side. You know what I mean? So that's how we started. There was a lot of, uh, we bought a lot of property. And uh, we're still buying, but nowadays it's every everyone wants to buy property because yeah. the interest of the banks are low. Uh, you have a lot of competition now. Even my friends that are cab drivers are buying house, houses. Yeah, yeah. So, so, uh, <laughs> so it's it's a little bit different market now. But uh, that's my pension. Yeah. Uh, this way I can stop and uh, you know I can uh, enjoy life a little bit. When you do stop, like whenever you're done fighting, whenever you say this is enough, I don't want to fight anymore. What is it that you want to do for your life afterwards, your your, your post career life? Like say when you're 40, 45, like what what would be fun for you in a post career? Well, I, you know, uh, this we, this year in quarantine it was tough. You know, uh, suddenly you don't have anything to do, yeah. and then you realize fighting is all you know. Yeah. So. Uh, it got me. I always thought, okay, I'm gonna do. I'm just gonna go and enjoy life. But uh, you don't enjoy life without work. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. Even if you have the every every a lot of money, uh, you can go everywhere. But if you don't work, you don't have get. You don't take the pleasure out of what you, let's say, spend or uh, right. you know. You have to work to enjoy it. Let's say so. Uh, that that got me realized that I have to do something. So. Uh, maybe coaching. I think uh, coaching would be something. Uh, maybe uh, being a dad. You know, you know. I don't have kids yet, so I think that's gonna keep you busy. Uh, you have to have something, something that you work with, something to get up for. You know. Yeah. So, um, I thought maybe a hotel, own a hotel. You know, something small. But uh, I still focus on fighting now. I don't. Uh, I don't have any idea what I'm gonna do. Uh, but. Uh, Definitely gonna help out my friends with coaching and uh, training. Uh, so other than that, not not a clue, you know. I'm sure the real estate and the buildings that you've purchased are gonna continue to help you out as well. Yeah. What What is it exactly? Do you think at this point it might be too early to say specifically? But what do you think? Because you you've won world titles. You've you've you're a champion now. You know you're you're you know you've done everything. You've beat almost everyone. What is it that's going to make you stop? Like when is it? What do you think it's going to take for you to say, okay, uh, I've done enough and, and I want to move on? When you have that ability to do so? Well, I think I think uh, two years next next two years I'm going to fight anyway. So I, I'm going to be 37. And then I really have to stop and think, you know, because yeah. uh, see how the body feels, uh, what the results of the fights are. Because if I keep losing, then it's time to hang it up. Even though you feel like you're going to do well. Because like, last time I saw Anderson Silva, he yeah. was still saying, I have to talk to my coaches. I'm, I'm like, you don't need to look at uh, talk to your coach. Just look at your record. You know, he didn't have win in, I don't know, how many years uh, he got injuries losses you know no contest so if i have that i will know you know it's time to hang it up but uh, i got one loss in my last 10 fights uh, so the next two years i'm gonna do uh, i'm gonna keep fighting i'm gonna go up to light heavyweight for to fight for the belt uh sooner or later i, I will go uh, do i care about double champ status no uh mm-hmm. but uh I got reminded when they signed me, they signed me to fight in both divisions. Yeah. That was uh, one of the things that they thought, okay, I'm going to be interesting for Bellator. So I'm going to I'm gonna come uh, to the terms that I agreed on, you know. So uh, a lightweight fight is going to be definitely be there. Um, 
and uh, get some more wins, and then uh, it's it's time, you know. Uh, it's time, you know. The, eventually, you have to stop, but the, I want to fight and uh, stop on top, you know. I don't want to go on a losing streak, you know. So, but so far it's been going good. Speaking of that, what do you think about Habib and and him retiring and and doing it in his way? You know, I mean, yeah. there's obviously people saying he's going to come back, Dana's trying to get him back, and uh, we don't know. I, like, me being his teammate no. and Javier being his coach, we don't we don't ask him. Javier doesn't ask no. him. We don't want to pressure anything, but we we kind of feel he might be done. You know, like, it might be really tough yeah. to get him to come back. And even if he comes back, he's still going to not go continuously and lose, lose, lose. Yeah. Like we we talked about other fighters. What do you think about that in his career and and in the way he retired and and kind of how he he kind of ended on top like what you said it was very sudden i don't think anyone was expecting it uh it's i think it's very difficult because uh, i know he dealt with injuries and then you're in the top of the game uh, you worked your whole life to get there that's the only thing you do fighting yep. he's he's been fighting since i don't know when he was young yeah. kid, you know so very young the, so for him to retire, I think, is a very hard decision, especially when you work your whole life to get there, when you're the absolute number one. I think that's a very difficult uh, decision, you know. Uh, it's a lot more easier when you're losing and, uh, you know, it's time to hang it up. You, you just... so. But for him, I think, to stop was very difficult. Uh, I find it unfortunately because everyone was enjoying his fight. I think uh, everyone was uh, liked to see him fight more. But I feel like he's a guy that's... Uh, he might come back for another year fight, maybe. But, but he's a guy, I think, when he says he's going to stop, he's going to stop, you know? Yeah. I don't think he's a McGregor who retired two, three times and he's still no, fighting. <laughs> he won't. And he's a man of his... You know, he's a very honorable person. And, like, I haven't tied this yeah. conversation with him and I never will. Um, but from what I've heard, you know, he had two promises. Uh, one to his father, his late father, and then one to his mother. And they were kind of opposite in the in the, in the form of his father wanted him to go 30-0, and 0, but his mother wanted him to stop fighting when his, his father passed and, and then kind of granted him this last fight. So yeah. I think it's going to come down to him talking to his mom and then seeing if she'll agree yeah. to him because his father's for it and so he so in his father's honor it would be okay to take another fight um and now yeah. it's just about the honor of his mother and, and getting that over with so that that's what it's going to come down to but i think either way it goes even one more fight or not win or lose i mean i think yeah. he's he's definitely even if he retires after a loss or you know, one more win whatever he, he's definitely one of the very very few that's been able to do something like that yeah 100 Hundred percent, yeah. You know, you have guys that were considered the best, but then you had the pets accusations. Yeah, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. Yep. Yep. So <laughs> you never had that with Khabib. You yep. know, the guy. Uh, I think mentally toughness. I never met. I never seen a fighter tougher than him mentally. Yeah. I think that was his greatest asset. You know, it was just mentally above everyone, and uh, and physical strength. I don't know the guy. <laughs> fight bears so i know and i can tell you it, it's like a heavyweight yeah. when he grabs your wrist it's literally yeah. like it's it's mind-boggling how, how his strength is his yeah. grip strength and his control yeah. strength it's i i, I kind of I'm, I'm i was a, a middleweight the first time i trained with him almost pretty much a middleweight dropping a welterweight and it's it's like it was phenomenal strength so i know what those guys when, when they show those up close uh shots of those guys faces when they get taken down and and, and they're getting clinched and they have that look I kind of know what they're thinking a little bit. I can just imagine in the middle of an actual fight with everything on the line, how that would play out in your mind. Um, yeah. But yeah, and then let me just go back really fast, just real quick. Uh, you and you in the Netherlands, the way you're training right now, what is a typical day of training for you? Like, like a lot of people probably want to know, like, what do you do from Monday through Friday uh, during your fight week? Yeah, you know, I have two times uh, strength and conditioning a week. Um, I do one time... Uh, uh, sprints, but I used to run a lot, but I don't do those anymore. I do uh, on the airdyne, you know, what is that? Yep, we, uh, we do it. Bicycle, what is that? The yeah. airdyne. We, we have an airdyne workout at AK as well. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I have three times where I do MMA, but I put everything together. Then it's uh, stand up, wrestling, uh, ground. I mix those things up. Uh, I have one day that I only specific train on wrestling, I have two days that I do only kickboxing. And uh, on those MMA days, I also do a lot of ground. So it's so I put everything together, let's say. And then I have days that I do still uh, airdyne, but then uh, like 45 minutes I do. Uh, you know, those. I, what I do is uh, I do a lot of sparring. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, I do light sparring, uh, not 
uh, like sparring, and I mean, I go with guys that we don't go hard. We don't right. hit the head like crazy. Because when you when you're training for a fight, you want to be fight ready. You know what I mean? Yeah. The technique is already there. It's you're not gonna be suddenly a jujitsu expert. You know, in yep. two three months, all I would need to do is get in shape, get those fight, fighting rounds, and be prepared. You know, and sometimes too much sparring is gonna be uh, is not gonna is gonna have uh, this. Uh, I say. Reverse uh, disadvantage. Effect. Yeah. Too much. You're gonna give too much in the fight, in the training, and then in the fight you're not hungry to fight. So yep. you have to balance it out. But uh, I feel like with sparring you sharpen up everything. Yes. Uh, it's it's the thing that you're gonna do. I can go and hit hundred times. Uh, uh, dead. Uh, I say uh, presses, or uh, I can. Uh, Train every day with the push-ups and whatever. Yeah. That's not what fighting is about. You know, yeah. I can lift weights every day. That's not realistic. Yeah. It's not realistic to what you do. You're fighting. That's what you should do. A soccer player should. What should he do? He should play soccer. You know, I think uh, one time I uh, I went to the Olympic uh, judo team. Uh, what I've learned it's they would do technique and then uh, sparring. Right. They would stop, they would do a couple of techniques, they would go sparring again. A couple of techniques, sparring. Right. That's the way, that's the way you should train. You have to put technique, you have to have a uh, uh, plan what you do. So if, you, if you're learning an armbar, okay, then uh, jiu-jitsu, try to, to do the armbar against your uh, opponent, you know, or yeah. uh, your uh, training partner. So uh, that's, my, uh, that's the way I trained a lot. A lot of sparring... With a goal in mind, let's say. Yeah, no, I agree with you fully. Like coming from the old days at AK, we we trained too hard. You know, we sparred too hard and we beat yeah. each other up. We missed a lot of fights, and we had to learn to change our curriculum and spar smarter and lighter. And 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 when I say lighter, I know you probably this is how you do it as well. But for my guys, we spar full speed. You know, I I always want full speed, just not full power, because you get these guys that yeah. go half speed. That's not realistic to a fight. You can still go full speed, but not full power. But yeah. beating the crap out of each other for you know three days a week, you know five rounds. A day, yeah. you're not gonna, you're gonna be dead. We were, we were, we were killing ourselves in the old days. <laughs> yeah, but that's, you know, you learn from it. You know what yeah. I mean? MMA is still a relative young sport, and you guys have to learn it the hard way. Yeah, when you, did. when you guys get injured all the time, I know a lot of AKA guys were getting injured because yep. of the hard sparring. You know, so uh, you can go hard maybe in the wrestling, maybe, uh, but also with punches. You know, if you go hard on every day. After you still want to get old, you know. Yeah. We never go hard on the face. Uh, yeah. We never hate each other. It's just if I tap you on the face, you know, that you, that should be enough for hey, he he hit me, you know. Yeah. Because there's no point for me to jab him through his head, you know. Because the guy needs to get old. <laughs> he still yeah. has a kid or whatever, you know. You, you don't see that those things uh, because I went to some gyms here. In Holland, and they would go 100%. Yeah. They said, kill. <laughs> the teacher came to me and said, okay, try to knock the guys out because they're going to try to knock you out. Then he left. Yeah. And uh, and I was like, okay, these little guys were doing, uh, what is it, the flying knees to my chest. They oh, were like, well, well, I'm going to make a lot of money. These idiots make maybe 500 euros. Yeah. They're going to injure me out of my fights. Never yeah. went back, of course. I thought, okay, this guy's not going to have any brain cells over uh, when they're a little bit older, you know, uh, when they're 50. Uh, I want to see how they look, you know. Uh, uh, you're, you're, still, you're a champion if you're also champion after fighting. You know what I mean? Yeah. When you're healthy, Absolutely. It, it's not like, oh, I'm champion in the ring because after that, it stops. Everything stops. Uh, when you're... Uh, when you're poor, you lost all your money. When you're broke, you're injured. No one's going to say, hey, champ. Yeah. No. <laughs> you have to be champ inside and outside yeah. just for yourself, for your family, for your loved ones. You know, it's just not fighting, fighting, kill, kill, kill. You know? Yeah, I'm lucky to be able to be doing a podcast right now. I'm just, I'm just happy I can talk, you know, <laughs> and I hope, I hope I can get through this without this setting in. No, but last time I heard Babalu, did you hear? He said Babalu had something, he was walking uh sideways he said he had something oh, wow. brain uh yeah it's scary 
So when you hear those stuff, you you think, okay, uh, it could happen to me also, you know, because I'm fighting, you know. What did Lovato get? What what, what was it that he had? Um, did he have something had with his brain or what? What I, I don't know. I know he had a the, uh, blood proper something. Like, uh, the veins of the were pops in his head are like uh, circles, uh, maybe because of veins that uh, were full of blood. I, that, at least that's what I uh, understood from it. I don't know. I'm yeah. not a doctor, you know. Yeah. And uh, once you once you get a punch. It would, it might get popped, right. and then the blood will Too go dangerous. to your brain, and then it might kill you. So uh, something, something yeah. like that. I'm not an expert, you know. Uh, I didn't. Uh, that's what I understood when I asked someone. Uh, so yeah, uh, but, uh, yeah, you know, that's why you have MRI scans. You have, a, you know, it's a dangerous sport, you know. Uh, so yeah, anything can happen. You know, every fight can be the last one. I got to ask you about a couple guys real fast. Um, yeah. Now I know you're in Bellator and he's in the UFC, but I want to ask you about this guy because of his fight IQ, your fight IQ. You remind me a lot about him. You probably already know who I'm talking about. But Adesanya, yeah. obviously with his big yeah. win, what, what do you think? I'm not saying you're going to fight him and who would yeah. win and all that, but just from a veteran standpoint of someone who I think is a lot like him and very smart and strategic and 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 how you fight. What do you think about? him like like what what is your overall assessment of him as a fighter now and how he's growing as a fighter well he's a guy who could be a champion for a long time you know he could be the next anderson silva especially uh he's undefeated he's confident you know uh uh first when i saw him i thought well he's a kickboxer yeah uh, i don't know anything about his ground game or his wrestling but he proved he can get up, you know, Yo Romero didn't do anything, uh, Whitaker wasn't able, and none of the guys were able to take him down and keep him there, you know. Still, uh, some guy might take him down and he will have a really hard time because we never seen him there, you know. We never seen him, uh, but also Khabib never went, uh, I never seen Khabib on his back, you know. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything. <laughs> so, so far, he has shown that he's going to be a champion for a long time, you know. His uh, stand-up is good, he has a uh, he's uh, he's hard to take down, or if you take him down, he pops up. Pops up, yeah. Yeah, and he beaten a lot of good names right now. I think Whitaker, uh, that's it, the biggest name he beat. Uh, yeah. So um, yeah, technical guy. Uh, I think uh, you need a guy that's also technical in the stand up, and it might be a very boring fight, uh, but. Everyone is beatable, but at this moment, it looks uh, it looks uh, unstoppable. And from your experience, what do you think about? I'm sure you've seen Hamzai Chimaev come up and stuff. Right. Uh, being that you've worked so hard to get where you are and beat so many top level guys and had to work so hard to get where you're right. at, and then this guy has came on the scene and shown sure. what he's shown, which I'm asking you about, and then became a super, like literally a beyond superstar in such a short amount of time. What is your yeah. take on that as far as him propelling into superstardom and then also his technique and from what you can tell so far? Is he going to be a guy that's going to prove himself against Leon Edwards or is he a guy do you think that, that is, it may be too early to tell really what he's, gonna, he's made of yet? Well, so far he looks good. Uh, he won all his fights, uh, uh, but... Everyone needs to get tested, you know. Yep. You want to see him in a five-round fight. You want to see again. You want to see him against a good wrestler. You want to see him against. But so far, he shows a lot of potential. Uh, him being a, such a big superstar in a, that's UFC pushing. You know, mm -hmm. if UFC gets behind you, suddenly they can make you a god. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, they you can. You saw that with Ronda Rousey. If they want to build you up slowly, they will build you up. Uh, if they want, you know, so that's all marketing. And, uh, uh, you know, the guy is fighting also a long time. You know, I, I, I'll, you know, I said, uh, he, he, I, you know, every fighter that's uh, go up and gets uh, where he has, I, I'm happy for them. You know what I mean? Because this is not an easy thing, you know. So uh, he's doing his job. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to the next fights and see against tougher opponents, better ranked fighters. Uh, so there's a lot to know uh, to still that he has to prove. Like Israel at the same when he came, I thought that well that guy is a kickboxer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's a world champion now. Yep. So you know anything can happen. Sometimes some guys are uh, hypes, and then uh, so we just have to wait and see. You know, but uh, him getting the attention he got, good for him. You know, I think. Uh, uh, every fighter that's it's a hard sport when you come here and uh and, yeah you get lucky i'm 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 happy for you know
Yeah, and you've had two fights with Uriah Hall and then obviously Anderson Silva is who Anderson Silva is. What were your thoughts of that fight? I didn't look the whole fight. I just looked at the finish. Uh, but I saw some glimpses. I, I skipped a lot. But uh, that's the guy that's... Uh, you, his reaction is not there anymore. Right. Anderson, when he was coming, when Uriah Hall caught him, it was just punching and going forward. That's a guy that's... That's age. That's reaction time. Yeah. That's not timing it well. You know, this is not... It's not that uh, Anna Silva is not good anymore. They're just father age, you know, catching up with you. So um, I think I think he should retire. You know, Anderson yeah. he had a great career in his prime. He was the best. Uh, so he's just yeah. He's he, he, he went too longer than he should have. You know, uh, but uh, that's what I say. When you, that's why I say it's very difficult to stop, especially when Habib stopped on, in his prime. Anderson cannot let go of it, you know, because there's not much he knows. That's fighting is all he knows. And uh, so it's more difficult for uh, for someone like that to stop. But eventually, you know, they should not let him fight anymore. I think uh, UFC should say, okay, uh, against, against very good guys, I think they would hurt him even more, you know? Right. Absolutely. I agree with you. And he's like 42 right now. And he's a legend of the sport. He's an icon. Lastly, uh, looking at Ford and your career with Bellator and the fighters that you have to potentially match up against, uh, who are you excited about? Who, who do you want to fight? Um, what's ahead for you now? Well, I think uh, number one and two is John Salter. And uh, I forgot the Russian name. <laughs> the Russians have difficult names. Uh, and then the light heavyweight. Uh, so uh, the lightweight champion. Uh, so those are my options at this moment. Yeah. Uh, those three fights. Uh, I'm gonna defend my belt once before I move up, or maybe twice, whoever they give me, uh, and then uh, it's light heavyweight. Gotcha. And then lastly, last question is: Is there anybody? I mean, considering the the roster you've had, is there anybody that you haven't fought that you've really wanted to fight, or that you, yeah, that, that you've specifically wanted to test yourself against that you just never have so far? I never had the desire to fight anybody. To just be whoever honest. they said, like, especially, oh, I want to fight this guy, or I want to fight this guy. Never had that. I always wanted to fight for the belt. Uh, that was always my goal, you know, um, whoever they give me or uh, I thought, okay, this is a fight I have to fight to get to the belt. Uh, but never had the desire, oh, I have to fight this guy. Maybe once I, I really wanted, that was Melvin Manhoff because I was upcoming and everyone was saying, well, they didn't give me any credit. So I, I challenged him, but uh, yeah, that was the only fight that I <laughs> felt like, okay, I got something that I want to show or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, listen, Gagar, man, I appreciate you taking the time out for this podcast and giving me so much of your time. It's an honor, man. I'm a huge fan of yours. I look forward to your fights, and hopefully we can catch back up in the future and uh, have another podcast. Thank you, my friend. Yeah, I appreciate it. I enjoyed, my, I enjoyed this uh, podcast. Thank you. Awesome. That, that means a lot to me, man. Thank you so much for doing Thank it, you. and good luck with your, your career and, and staying safe in this COVID situation, and uh, I'll talk to you soon, buddy. Thank you. You too, buddy. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Gagard Musasi. Uh, what a great podcast. Man, that, that was really cool for me. I like, I like talking to guys like him. Um, he's such a cool dude, and he's just done so much for the sport, and he's just so chill. Like I, like I mentioned in the podcast, he keeps such a chill demeanor. You know, during the podcast, before fights, during the fight, after the fight, he's just a fighter. You know, he goes in there and does his job, and he does it very, very well. And... It was an honor to talk to him and get to know him a little bit better since I haven't had a, a conversation with him of this length and uh, actually of, of much length at all. You know, we haven't really crossed paths that much in our in our careers. He kind of started his career sort of at the end of mine. Um, so hopefully uh, you guys took a lot out of it as well. Um, I think we brought out a lot of information about him as a person, uh, which I like to do. I, I think... Uh, Fighters are human like everybody else. And I think uh, a lot of podcasts and interviews stick to just the, the, the fight aspect, you know, and the training aspect. And it's just redundant and it's over and over and over. And uh, I think sometimes you want to know who the person is. And that's what builds interest in 
in that person, especially for their followers. And, and especially when you have such an interesting uh, guest who's really cool like Gagard is. And, and so this was great. This was a great experience to, to have him on and for him to be able to give us so much of his time and, and open up and, and talk about all these things. So this is, uh, this is the reason I do the show. This is a great, great example of, of why I love doing this and why I'm passionate about doing these interviews. Uh, with these type of guests. So hopefully you took a lot from it as well. Uh, please leave a comment. If you're on YouTube, let us know what you think. Uh, let us know, uh, you know, any critiques or who you'd like to see on the show in the future. We're in the midst of booking a lot of people right now. We're going to keep this thing going. Um, follow us on all platforms. If you're not following on YouTube, we are on all the podcast platforms, the audio platforms, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Amazon, um, everything. I'm missing a few, but we're everywhere. So uh, as always, thank you so much for the support. We appreciate it. And we'll see you next time.